Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. After 10.15 tonight, Dr. Jason Behrman, our sex tech guy, a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology, joins us as he does every month tonight. We discuss how people are paying for their porn and regulating online content and more. And especially if you have questions, we'll do that too. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You can always email me to Lori at drlori.com. Tonight I got one that really touched my heart and uh, I felt just um, my heart breaking for this person. Uh, Lori, it is difficult not to cry as I write this, but I threw my husband out tonight and never want to see him again. I have been betrayed for the last time. Today, I received a call from a woman who herself was in tears because she has been seeing my husband not knowing he is married. She got my cell number from his phone when I called and there was no answer. He was in her shower and told her he had to shower and get to work. A lie. As soon as he left, she called and my world for the third time came tumbling down. She was very upset as well and broke down on the phone and could not say I'm sorry enough. They have been seeing each other for the past few weeks, and I truly believe her when she said she had no idea he was married. By the time he got home, I already had a bag packed for him and a girlfriend here as a witness just in case. I gave him everything, including two other chances, but he is a cheater and a liar, and I cannot go on. I have listened to your show enough and learned enough from others who have mailed or texted in. My 18-year-old daughter is being very supportive and I love her so very much. The other woman told me she texted him and told him to never call or text her again. She feels used and is disgusted about this. She has divorced herself because her husband cheated. Imagine as my contact name on his phone, he has me as my darling wife. I always thought that was cute, but it was just another smokescreen. I will not sleep tonight and my daughter will stay beside me. I'm shattered and broken again. Help me say something positive to me, please. I am sure I did the right thing. My friend just wants me to be happy and I, and I do not need this now in my life. I cannot stop crying. So sad to hear situations like this. It sounds to me like you tried and you tried and you tried again. You gave him two chances after two discoveries. Usually when you discover something, it's often the tip of the iceberg. So we don't know, you know, we only know, you only know that he's cheated on you three times because you caught him three times. We don't know how much more there is. It sounds like you did everything you could to try to save the relationship. I'm not sure if you, if you had had couples therapy after the first time it happened, that might have helped. But again, not knowing it might not have helped because I don't know your husband. I can't judge his character from, you know, I can only judge his behavior. And his behavior is clearly bad. It's unacceptable. It's uh, it's a betrayal. You're going through uh, a trauma. We call it betrayal trauma. Save yourself. Uh, take care of yourself. 
you deserve better. It will get better. Uh, I can promise you that time does heal, but you may want to talk to somebody just so that you can kind of get this out of your system as well. It's not that you get out of your system, but being able to share some of this, the, the traumas that you have, uh, have you, that you've experienced and Think about also what you need in your life and what you can do for you. You have adult children, so you know what? It's time to think about you now and think about how you want the rest of your life to be and the kind of person you want in your life. And maybe with help, it'll help you recognize some of the some of the red flags so you don't uh, end up uh, because there's always this fear right it's like once you it's like twice bitten what's the expression whatever it is um you're going to be gun shy uh and you're going to have difficulty trusting men in general if you don't learn a little bit about what were some of the uh, the red flags that you saw in this person and in this relationship, because not all men are the same. So we can't paint men like this. I just want to point out that 50% of women also cheat, like as many men as women cheat. So it's not just a male thing, but it is important to look at yourself uh, in all of this. And it's a good way to start really taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health as well. Same way we go to the doctor to take care of our physical health. You can go see a psychologist to, or a therapist to help you, uh, clean up in there, um, as well. Texture writes, she should be applauded to have the courage to do what she did. Three strikes, you're out. Brighter days ahead without betrayal. And yes, once bitten, twice shy. Thank you. Um, so gather your support network around. You know, you maybe get, get some help externally from someone who doesn't know you, but your friends, your family, these are people who need to support you. And just beware because I don't know how he kept coming back into your life or what he, what he did to gain your somewhat trust again, I guess, to, to be able to, you know, to continue and to do it yet again and again. Uh, so you just beware. He's not playing the same manipulative game, um, again. So talking to somebody will definitely, uh, will definitely help. I feel for you. I really, really do. And I know our, our listeners do too in hearing these kinds of stories. All right. Another question here. Basically, I don't get pre-cum. I never had pre-cum. Am I alone? Is that normal? And what's the reason behind it? So pre-cum is uh, the pre-ejaculate. It's like, it's like the equivalent to female lubrication. It's like the male lubricants. A little bit of uh, cum or, or ejaculate comes out. It, it, it's... it's clearer in liquid. It looks clearer and, and it kind of can look like schnott basically. Uh, so some men will have very little of it. Some men may have a lot more of it. Some, sometimes, some, not all the time. It's something that you won't feel. So it may happen during penetration and this is not, you won't feel it coming out because it doesn't feel like an orgasm, right? Um, it just may not be noticeable. You may have some, it's just not so, uh, so noticeable. So you're definitely, um, not alone. Just remember, you know, there's no reason for it. Just no two people are exactly, um, 
alike. There's nothing abnormal about this. Just remember that because of pre-ejaculate, you can impregnate somebody without ejaculation, which is why the, the withdrawal method is not always the best because you don't know the, you won't feel the, the pre-ejaculate come out and it could contain some active sperm. So, uh, that's why that's not really the best, uh, form of contraception. Coming up, uh, we've got our sex tech guru. We'll talk about how people are paying for porn these days and regulating online content and other topics. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAB 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Tonight, uh, we have our sex tech guy, Dr. Jason Behrman, joining us. He is a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology. Always has some interesting things to uh, talk to us about. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Lori. I'm doing very well. Good. Still enjoying uh, the pandemic? <laughs> well, I <laughs> enjoying enjoying myself. being home. <laughs> yeah, well, my my cats are super thrilled still. I have uh, sequestered myself at home with uh with my spouse and we just keep growing our plant collection which is now gigantic and I I've have barely <laughs> any place to sit. <laughs> I've seen your pictures. Aren't they going to eat up all the oxygen in the room? <laughs> like do uh, you uh, plants, can you breathe? Plants produce oxygen, Lori. They don't take oxygen from you then. I always yeah. heard it wasn't a good idea to have a plant in a bedroom, say. Not true? It's totally stupid. Okay. I don't know, like, who started that <laughs> th that idea. Because, like, plants produce oxygen, and why do you think a plant would take all the oxygen out of a room that's not, like, hermetically sealed? I have no idea. That, like, who I'm the just starts this stuff? Like, it's, I... like, as bad as QAnon. <laughs> I'm not going to like, uh, that's why I said it. I want to you know check with the plant guy. So not only is he a sex tech guru, he's a plant guru. You should see his garden. Um, yes, I envy, uh, I envy your green thumb. All right. What are we talking about uh, tonight? What's the first topic you want to bring to our listeners tonight? How about um, hackers holding male genitals hostage? What the hell? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Explain. Okay. So this uh, this just came up uh, recently. I, I gosh, I, I just got it like before the show, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up with this topic. Okay. So on a previous uh, episode of Passion, I was talking with your colleague uh, Paris actually, and we mm -hmm. were discussing the new era of the Internet of Things (IoT) and connected devices. And so these are uh, devices that you find in your home, and they're all connected to the internet now, like uh, light switches, door oh, yeah, door locks, sure. and okay. the refrigerators, whatever it is. And you could, right. you know, connect it to your smartphone, and you could have this like unbelievable control of these uh, devices now. Yes. Uh, well, they've moved into the uh, adult sphere, and they have uh, different kinds of connected devices, which I believe have become like particularly popular during the pandemic because you could have people that will control either a sex toy or mm -hmm. something that we're going to discuss in detail called a chastity belt mm -hmm. um, from like an, anywhere in the world and it's connected to the internet and you could have uh, fun little adult games <laughs> using these devices. And so one of the things that has come out there lately are um, chastity belts that are connected to the internet and 
Um, they're really cool. You should go check them online. But, oh, uh, sure. But, I'm going to buy and, one. Not. <laughs> an analog chastity belt is usually like some kind of metal encasement over the genitals. And you, in in like a, a BDSM kind of relationship, you could submit to a master and you could give them control or the key to your chastity belt. And mm-hmm. sometimes these keys now are digital. And um, there's a problem, though. So a lot of like, these bes- IoT like wait, devices, besi- besides the discomfort of having like a metal cage around your genitals, you mean? <laughs> um, some, they, they come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes and different materials. So it's not like this rusty bird cage that you oh, okay. around your junk. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're, many of them are like artistic kind of objects. Uh, you could get really fancy gilded ones. But the I'm going to Google about, it. I'm going to Google it <laughs> while you're well, talking. The ones, the ones for men are more interesting because it actually like is a cage for the genitals. Uh, for women, it's more like, you know, um, um, very robust undergarments that come with locks on them. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm looking it up. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, there's a problem, though, in the tech sector that's very well known, and that is these uh, internet-connected devices, um, they're... Uh, they, they often come with high risk of being able to be hacked. And so somebody that you may not even know exists can commandeer um, these, oh these electronic devices and take them over. And uh, the problem is, is that a lot of people are really good at making kind of like electronics and connected devices, but they're not necessarily experts in cybersecurity. So it's very, very well known in the tech sector that a lot of people just like don't <gasps> password protect a lot of access to these kind of devices. Uh-huh. And this is exactly that what was happening to um, one particular type of connected uh, chastity belts for men. And somebody was able to go in and hack it and take it over and make it forever locked unless you wanted to pay a ransom. Are you and kidding so, me? Holding yeah, your so junk one ransom? was actually charged, <laughs> like asked to pay a, a ransom to, to unlock the device, um, <gasps> asking him to pay with Bitcoin. And it was about uh, a ransom of about $750. Oh, my goodness. Now, look, if you want to lock up your junk, uh, there's a place that you can buy them for under like 100 bucks. I'm just letting you know, people. <laughs> just looking here <laughs> that's crazy oh yeah and they, they have some fun like you could play some fun games like i remember when i was talking to paris um i don't know if it still exists but uh we were describing how there's like a, a website that you could join with these connected devices and you could get like a, a an anonymous uh, dom or master that would control mm-hmm. uh unlocking your chastity belt and some people raise the question as to whether or not there's somebody even on the other end on that website like it might just be like oh, an wow. automated robot uh-huh. And you might be like encased in your in your chastity belt for uh, quite some time and not even know. Uh, <laughs> really That's nuts. You. I mean, you can pee in them. I can see that. So I'm looking at them. I'm looking at this site. Male chastity devices, 50% off site wide. <laughs> Lock the cock is what they call it. <laughs> Lock the cock. Lock okay. the cock. Oh my goodness. I mean, I don't. I don't see any here that are. Uh, controlled. It doesn't look like they're controlled by uh, like they all seem to have like tiny little padlocks on them. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, the the whole idea of somebody hijacking your uh, genitals. Wow. So there's two things that I want to raise here, which is uh, because of this t- kind of technology, it raises questions as to whether or not we're looking at new forms of sexual harassment and sexual assault yes, that could be enabled yes. by these uh, kind of devices. 
Yes. And I want all listeners out there uh, to know that this is a problem with a lot of these connected adult devices, okay? So it's not just these chastity belts, which are kind of funny, you know, we can get a smirk on our face, but right. there are other cases that have set precedence of connected sex toys for men and women connected to the internet, and they are um, occasionally they can get hacked, and then somebody could take over that device, sometimes if you're using it. And in that case, that raises questions of whether or not you may have been sexually assaulted by someone in a digital kind of way. That's crazy, too. Like, it's just not something you think about. What? So I know a lot of those, like the Wii Vibe and things like that, have apps that go with it. Is that the same thing? Like, it would be, that's still the internet? Like, that? Is that the same thing if you have an app and if you are going online? Yes. They're, so, they're hackable uh, the also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like the device I'm describing here, which is a Qui UE Cellmate was the uh, the device that has now uh, made headlines. Okay. And um, yeah, the, the vulnerability in the device was the connection between the app and the device, like that kind of connection. It's called an API, whatever. It, okay. it was designed in a way that it didn't have like a very strong password protection whatsoever. And word got out that this, this vulnerability existed and it only takes like a, sh a short period of time before hackers can, you know, benefit from it. That's, and they have. That's There's nuts. Like two cases. That's that's just things we never think about. We always learn here. Uh, if somebody has a question for you, I'm curious to know if someone has your email password, are they also able to access information on your phone, such as texts and stored pictures, and and could they just as easily erase anything as well? Okay, so if you get access to somebody's email account, like if you're a hacker, what you can do is, is that you could go and say like, okay, I want to get access to, I don't know, some device on your phone, some app on your phone, some, mm -hmm. and then get some personal information. You try to log in and, and you say, oops, I forgot my password. Please uh, send me the reset password link. And it goes to your email. Now that the, the hacker has already hacked into your email, they could change your password and then gain access <gasps> to uh, these other apps. So this is why you must use two-factor authorization. It's called 2FA for all okay. these important accounts, namely your email, your banking. I would say for social media as well, I do it. Anything that's important with like my external um, uh, uh, cloud drives, like cloud storage mm -hmm. drives for work, I do something called 2 FA, two-factor authorization. How do you Everybody do that? do this. How do you, it's a standard how do you... feature in Gmail. Go into your settings, Google it and see where it is. Facebook, all social media, they all have it. And what happens is if somebody tries to log into your account, your email or anything else from an unfamiliar device, it sends a prompt, a text message typically to your phone saying, is this you? Oh, and right. if it's yeah, not, I have gotten and that. Then, okay. Yeah, you get the verification code. Yes. And if you don't put it in, you're fine. And I must say to people, like I, I do this like diligently. Uh, and I must say that um, for a few months now, I've been getting really annoying texts of some automated bot is trying to hack into my Instagram account. And they wow. cannot get in because I have the two-factor authorization set. And so I keep getting these text messages of my phone saying, is this you trying to log in? If yes, put <gasps> in this code. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's crazy. Uh, Everybody go uh, do this now. Go, go yeah, yes. Two factor authorization. I'm doing this right after the show. You're, you're, <laughs> I've got to figure this out too, because, uh, 
Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Somebody else texted all these Bluetooth devices controlled by smartphones is nothing short of opening the door wider to internet hackers who can take control over your smart home. Most of these apps are simple to hack and even home cameras, easy hacked criminal can disarm alarm system, turn off cams, unlock doors, and you wonder how you got robbed. Everything that person uh, commented on is true. There's uh, lots of uh, cases of this reported online. You don't have to look too far. However, um, don't be like super afraid of these connected devices. You just have to do your research and, and, and be sure that you um, make an assessment of its security and how you can protect yourself such as by adding two-factor authorization and a good password. Mm -hmm. And there are organizations out there that are technology activist kind of organizations that do a lot of work in cybersecurity. Um, one that I really respect and does a lot of work um, analyzing these connected devices, including adult toys. They, they, um, wow. uh, they, they've done some assessments. It's called Mozilla the Mozilla Foundation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, to go check them out. Can, can I just hire you to come over and just take care of all of my devices and protect me? Like, I, there has to be a job like that where you could just hire somebody to, to do the things you don't know anything about because, like, it's different when you call a tech person and say, hey, I need help with my computer uh, versus you telling me what I need. That's what I need. I need somebody who can walk me through that and and help me figure out how to make myself safe so think about that because that's a new line of work i think <laughs> i'm very open-minded laurie but i don't think i want to be doing cybersecurity assessments on your adult toys <laughs> i'm not on my toys don't worry about that I, I wouldn't even do these remote business stuff forget that uh, coming back with dr jason Behrman, our specialist in artificial intelligence and technology we're going to talk about how people are paying for porn From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we turn it over to Dr. Jason Behrman, our specialist in artificial intelligence and technology, I want to share this stupid sex story. They're just silly stories, really. And our, our listeners are sending them in now, which is wonderful. So if you have uh, a sex story you want to share, something that happened to you, um, you can send them in by email, lori at drlaurie.com. Hello, Dr. Lori. Last night's stupid sex story had us laughing and reminded us of an embarrassing moment. And that's what they usually are, embarrassing moments. My husband bought a surveillance camera system, which he installed around the outside of our home. And it fits right in with our sex tech segment tonight. We had an extra camera that we did not need. I thought it would be a good idea to install it in the laundry room where I could see the washer and dryer. And from our TV upstairs, where all cameras can be viewed, I could see when the washer or dryer stopped. It is very convenient and saved me many steps up and down stairs. Last summer on a Saturday, I was doing laundry. I saw on the TV, the washer had finished its cycle. I turned off the TV, went downstairs to put clothes in the dryer. My husband came home from those rare Saturday mornings he worked, came downstairs, gave me a little helping hand with the laundry. I was bent over, putting clothes in the dryer, and he started rubbing, rubbing up against me. It had been a while since he did anything like that, and I was not about to disappoint. I got on my knees and began to, you know, he turned me around, and we did it doggy for a bit and finished him orally. I went upstairs, and my daughter was in the kitchen. I thought she went with friends to do shopping at the mall. 
She told me they changed their minds and decided to go the next day. I asked her what she was going to do the rest of the day. And she said she didn't know everything on TV sucks this time of day on a Saturday and then commented on my knees being so red. My husband came up, turned on the TV and the camera channel was still on. He just casually turned the channel to the golf channel. I looked at my daughter and she had a smirk on her face and just said the golf channel sucks as much as the camera channel. Later that day, my daughter and I went out uh, and I had to ask. She only said she turned on the TV and even though I had my back to the camera, it was pretty obvious. She turned off the TV and went into the kitchen to get her iPad and make a snack. Camera is still there. I did delete the event on the DVR and now no more hanky panky in the laundry room. She did mention that she drove one of her friends home, but the original plan was to come here and play on the Nintendo, then go in the pool. I guess it could have been worse. I love your show and listen often. Wow. (laughs) There you go. When you've got cameras all over the house and kids, it's not just about spying on the kids, spying kids, you know, looking at what you're doing as well. Jason, what do you make of that? Oh man, um, <laughs> you would I, not I, I want to be there. That kind of surveillance <laughs> devices into my home, no, um, not not in my space. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, well. There's you know, there's the the for and the against, right? And and on this show, we're kind of talking about like there's a lot of things out there, so we want to um, at least advise people or inform people of of what some of the precautions that they. Uh, they really need to take. So somebody asked, uh, we were talking about the chastity belts. What happens if you get an erection wearing a chastity belt? Well, the whole point is so you don't get the erection, right? It would hurt. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's part that's part of the, the, the game, the play. That's right. Exactly. It's part of the play. And you have to control yourself and your desires. And you can only be relinquished from uh, this imprisonment by your master. <laughs> and uh, you play that game. Right. I like the way this person says, if your chastity belt, Dr. Lori, if your chastity belt is hijacked, I guess speaking about mine, you could, or maybe you, Jason, you could call the fire department to set you free if that's what you're into. (laughs) I love that idea. (laughs) I'm seeing a film involved here. Like we we got a good plot line. I Um, know. Actually, um, I'm thinking from like a past episode of Passion, when we talked about these chastity devices, there was a woman who got stuck in one of them and it it was in France and she did have to call the fire department to get her out of it. So Google that, (laughs) chastity belt, woman, stuck, France, fire department, and you'll find the article. (laughs) That reminds me so much. It's so off topic, but it reminds me of when I was, uh, I was in Israel once visiting an army base and there on our tour bus, there was, um, a wasp that bit me, got, I was wearing a skirt, went under my skirt and bit me, guess where? And I thought I was on fire. I didn't know what, what was happening. And I got out of the bus, you know, got out of the bus and had all these you know, really cute <laughs> army guys. They all had to look at me and I was just thankful I wore my, the good underwear. <laughs> it was funny, but it was something, you know, similar to that. You're not laughing, Jason. <laughs> I'm like, <Okay>. laugh. <laughs> you're trying I, to picture it, no? <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you survived that. <laughs> oh yeah. That horrible I, I, event I, in your life. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny, actually. All Uh, right. Um, Here's a question for you before we get to our cryptocurrency stuff. Uh, I don't know if you can answer this or not. Recently, numerous sentimental stored pictures of my beloved past pets and loved ones vanished 
from my fairly old Android phone, which requires updating. However, when I tried to update it, I received a message stating I couldn't for some strange reason. What can I do and how can I possibly get my precious pictures back? Now I'm asking you, but there are other people who I know our listeners are some tech, a lot of tech savvy people with this kind of thing. So if they have ideas, they can also, um, you know, uh, write in, but I don't know if you have an answer for that even. I, I don't know. You will have to uh, get uh, technical support from, from, uh, from the people the of Android, which is very, very hard to do. But in general, um, this is a very common problem. So what everybody needs to do is just be like religious with keeping a backup of your image files on your phone. Just, just do it. Like have a backup. Many of them offer like a, a service, like a, a cloud storage service. I know with my Android phone, we have that. And so if my phone gets stolen or destroyed, I can still access those photos somehow. Okay. Can I ask you something? Uh, somebody just wrote in about having a, a, a wet, like a, a webcam, and I just got one recently, and I always forget to put a, a sticker on it. They just reminded me to do it. I'm just doing it as I'm talking to you. But do those get hacked too? Like, can oh, yeah. someone see, can anybody see me? Like, how does it work? How well, do you get into um, I'm looking see- at my computer right now, and like all the computers in our home, we have a, a little slider. It's a little sticker that with a, a sliding piece of plastic that goes over the lens of the camera. I always have my camera closed and hidden um, because of that risk. It's not what? like a super common phenomenon, but that okay. risk exists where people can commandeer the webcam and the microphone of your of your desktop How? computer. How do they do that? Well, <laughs> anything can be pretty hackable. I mean, I mean, I can't. Uh, it's it, crazy. We just like a few weeks ago, it was revealed that the United States government, like what used to be like the, the government institutions, which used to be like one of the most powerful or entity in the world, was hacked, and uh, Russia gained total access to like really, really important uh, information, like uh, all stuff in the Treasury Department and more. So hacking is just um, a very common problem and cybersecurity is like one of the fastest growing like economic sectors in the tech sector i must say it's quite lucrative right um and so I- this this problem is not just like gonna go away and it is endemic and it affects everyone including very powerful governments right like uh, as a i often wonder like who would want to hack me like for what now okay if i had that kind of sex toy i could see they could demand money from me but like you, you often wonder, like, who would want to hack me? For what purpose? Uh, what are they going to get from me? So hacking, yeah, blackmail. Hacking and uh, extortion, uh, where people will hack into your camera and they will claim that uh, they caught you doing something compromising, like uh, viewing uh, pornography online. Yeah, or they I've caught gotten you in, those. Like, but... And, 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 you know, uh, uh, cyber sex uh, situations. Yeah, those and are this fake. this is a problem where, where people do get... Uh, harassed and blackmailed so you never know it depends like are you a celebrity are you a nobody are you wealthy are you poor it all depends on who you are as a person will determine like what is your vulnerability and also like what what kind of threat this may be to you and your your livelihood this is uh, dr jason behrman with me Uh, coming up we'll talk about we'll get to talk about cryptocurrencies that uh, to pay for porn i don't even know what a cryptocurrency is really i mean i have an idea but don't really know with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800.
Just uh, some advice from another one of our tech uh, guys uh, who are regular uh, listeners who lost her picture says, if you have an Android phone, there's an app called Dr. Phone, phone written F-O-N-E, or you can download the app and then you choose recovery and you follow the prompt. So that's something, uh, there you go. Okay, Dr. Jason Behrman. So I talked about on this show about the whole uh, Pornhub fiasco scandal, whatever you want to call it, but and and uh, the fact that uh, uh, Mastercard, Visa removed their—you're uh, not allowed to use those credit cards to pay. So, um, how are people paying for porn? There's somebody who wrote in saying they can't believe people are actually paying for porn these days. There's so much that's free anyway. But I imagine if they want more of the personalized service, that's what they have to do. So what happens to, there's a lot of sex workers, like webcam girls, things like that on those sites that, that need those credit card information. So how are they paying for this now? Well, that's what I want to focus on. So it's not so much that uh, consumers like us, average members of the population, um, are going to have difficulty, greater difficulty paying for uh, adult films online. It's more of a question of... Um, Others people advertising on uh, Pornhub, which is a major platform, and there are sex trade workers, uh, many of them independent, you know, single entity kind of people who advertise on these major platforms uh, to secure clients. And if they want to pay for that advertisement, the, the convention in the tech industry for paying for digital ads is using a credit card. And credit card companies have long shied away from the adult industry. It's exceptionally rare, actually, for um, credit cards to be affiliated with a, an adult company, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, Pornhub was like more of a more of a, an exception rather than a rule. But following all the fallout of uh, people identifying Ill, um, illicit content on on the platform, Visa, and Mastercard, ha- and um, American Express have now decided that they will no longer do business with uh, Pornhub. Can I, can and- I just interject here for one second? Because I want to make sure it's clarified here. Because, uh, you know, with the with all the news, there were, they had found 118 cases in, in three years in, in reports and 89 million cases of child sexual abuse on Facebook. But you know what I mean? Like, they're not, like... Why aren't those being looked at as well? Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there, but nonetheless, that is what's an important the solution? Double standard. And yeah. so um, uh, Pornhub has uh, made a, a public declaration saying that they, they, they claim that they're being unfairly targeted. Yeah. And they said like the amount of content that was on their uh, platform and they uh, claim to have purged successfully um, pales in comparison to what's available on social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they say just the fact that we're, we're an adult kind of platform company, you know, the, the puritanical members of society think that they're justified in putting a heavy hand on Pornhub. That's what the company is saying. Right. So, but at the fact of the matter is, it's like, if there's illicit content on your platform, you can understand why payment processors would hesitate to do business with you. And like the fact of the matter is there was some of this content and uh, the company had to do what they call like a, 
um, major change in policy where they are no longer allowing you to download content from the platform. They uh, made strong restrictions on what oh, kind yeah, of content you can job. upload. Yeah. Um, more moderation and, you know, like just policing the internet, especially when it comes to adult content. Like I've crazy. described this yeah. again and again and again on Passion. It's extremely hard. And quite yeah. often what you get is a collateral damage where we have like all these uh, new restrictions and new protections and they end up putting um, a lot of of sex trade workers, independent people, in a precarious situation. Um, quite often it pushes them to more riskier forms of their work because you're no longer using this transparent, more open kind of platform that many view as a, a legitimate kind of business. And you push mm -hmm. people to, you know, the darker sides the of the web side, where, there's, right. where there's fewer regulations and where they can get um, access to other alternative forms of payment. But um, in general, we see that because of the, the past restrictions of, of uh, different kinds of payment companies like wanting to do uh, work with the adult industry, that cryptocurrencies and these new forms of like digital transactions online have become popular within the adult sector. And so now, lo and behold, uh, Pornhub, um, before this all happened, Pornhub was already accepting cryptocurrencies for people to pay for advertisements on their on their Can you explain uh, that? Can you explain cryptocurrency for me? Okay, so what is money? What is um, money in your wallet right now? It is a symbolic uh, um, representation of value, and it has value as long as all of us believe in this idea that a piece of plastic or paper in a wallet contains value. Mm -hmm. um, money in your bank account does not really exist. It is a digital number and it is a representation of money and value. Mm -hmm. um, many people look at cryptocurrencies and they go like, what the heck is this? It doesn't make sense. I don't know what it is. So why the hell would it have any kind of value? In actual fact, it's very, very similar to a dollar bill or those numbers in your bank account when you do online banking. It is a symbolic representation of value. And if it functions in facilitating transactions and uh, doing business, and everybody agrees that um, this symbolic representation of money is real and uh, it's like we'll, we can do transactions with it, it's the same as money. But Jason, how do you accumulate that kind of money? I know how I put money in my bank account. I know how that works. But how do I, do I, is there a, do I have a bank account with cryptocurrencies and how do I accumulate cryptocurrencies? Well, it's kind of similar to you um, stopping to do transactions with the Canadian dollar and you start to use an American dollar. Like you could do exchanges, right. that's possible. So okay. you could do the same with uh, cryptocurrencies, whether it so be I like can Bitcoin. Buy it. Yeah, okay. you could buy it. You could uh, do an exchange, a trade. And all of this is orchestrated on something called a distributed ledger. So all that means is uh, we found a very ingenious way of um, keeping records uh, of digital information online in a way that is transparent and prevents other people from messing with it. And why this is important is that whenever you're, you're working with cryptocurrencies, like you're doing transactions online, like digital transactions, and then like you're moving around bits and bytes like it's not even mm -hmm. like a physical thing and mm -hmm. there's very very few regulations you know there's it's, it's not um printed by a government you know that has like oversight of it so people are like well how do you you know police this and make sure that you know if somebody pays me something in a cryptocurrency i actually get that payment well we do this with the distributed ledgers and what this does is it makes it very hard for people to mess with um transaction records and um 
storing of like units of cryptocurrency online. So if somebody tries to mess it, um, we could all come together on this distributed ledger and we form a network and the network um, self-polices itself. And mm -hmm. we get like a consensus that says like, okay, Lori has five Bitcoins. Does everybody on the network agree that Lori has five Bitcoins? Yes, we all do. Okay, one person is a dissenter and says, no, Lori has six Bitcoins. Well, everybody else says that she has five. We know that that one person is lying. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it works. I'm still confused. One person writes one Bitcoin equals 41,754 what, dollars? Uh, that sounds about right for our Canadian dollars. I'm not sure. I would have to check. That's it's, great. It's, that it's sounds, I don't understand. So how do you, so a Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. It's, is it only, is that the only cryptocurrency? Are there different kinds? Oh, there's dozens and uh, oh, there dozens are. of cryptocurrencies out uh, out and about. Uh, I guess the next uh, most popular one is a uh, Ethers or a Ethereum. Um, but we don't just use cryptocurrencies as like money per se. Like you can get something else called tokens, and we could use that in other contexts, um, such as like confirming uh, like your your five star rating online and to have like a way to certify that we can give you a token that says like that rating is actually legitimate and somebody did not hack, uh, hack your account and give you like a false rating. Um, there are like multiple uses of distributed ledgers. We're going to be seeing them become pretty common. I assume pretty soon in government because so, it makes it really convenient for you to have like, um, a passport or other kinds of important documentation online and easy to access if you want right. to, like at a border, for example. But you have to be able to prove that that document is legit. It's yours, And the right. way you could do it is through these distributed ledger technologies. So this person writes, I just heard about somebody that forgot their password or their device had a problem and they had $220 million worth of Bitcoins that they cannot recover. No, this was, um, um, oh my gosh, I believe this was a Canadian tech entrepreneur <clears throat> who was trading Bitcoin. Like he had some kind of um, business uh, to, to help people with uh, buying Bitcoin and doing transactions with it. And he died. And uh, he died with all the passwords that gave access to all that kind of like Bitcoin oh. information. And so we're kind of like, oh, where did that go? How do we access that? Uh, and, I don't know. <laughs> wow. And just the last question, how do you manage your cryptocurrency? Like from where, from your computer? Like, how do you do this? You have a digital wallet. It's okay. It's simple. It's a digital wallet. And it's, that's, that's what's on the distributed ledger. It's like Can your I just wallet. Use dollars? Like your uh, I, I'm not ready for this. I'm just not ready for this. My dollars in the bank are just fine. That's how I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I can't, I just can't wrap my head around all this stuff. It's, Every but imagine time we if you speak, were like stuck like... in Argentina, you know, like you're privileged, you live in a very um, civil and stable country. But if you are somebody like in Argentina that has a very dysfunctional government and a very unpredictable economy, and you can't predict whether or not your money is going to have any value the next day, uh, cryptocurrencies like this are like a godsend for these people because hmm. it gives them a way to circumvent an unstable currency. Interesting. All right. Well, always enlightening speaking to you. I always learn something new, always freaks me out, but what can I say? Um, thank you. <laughs> thank oh, you gosh, for I doing the realized, work like, you the do. Show was ending now? Oh, we didn't even yeah. do our third statement. I know, I know. We'll our have segment, to save it for, for next month. Uh, Dr. Jason Behrman, where can people find you? 
Uh, look for me online. You could uh, see my Twitter handle is J Behrman PhD. So my family name is a bit weird. It's B E H R M A N N. Yes, Wonderful. the double N is not a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, stay safe. Speak to you next month. It was fun. Uh, Take care. Until all right. Then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you all for uh, listening to us and spending your time with us. Thanks to Chris Akins, our technical producer tonight. You can uh, find me on social media or just go through my website. It's the easiest way, drlaurie.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.